Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Jeremiah 29, if you look for God wholeheartedly, you will find him. It's January 1st, 2022, and we're all still here. The rapture hasn't happened yet. If you haven't realized it, we are living in the end times and last days. That's why studying the Old Testament Bible prophets is important to help us understand what's going on in the world today. And I just updated the top 10 Bible prophecies that are happening now. That was the most popular blog post of all time on my blog. Go figure. At any rate, the whole purpose of this site is to help you start, and this podcast, to help you start seeking a relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. Hence the title of today's post. That's how it works, and I'll explain. Let's dig in. Jeremiah 29, a letter to the exiles. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This was after King Jehoiakim, the queen mother, the court officials, the other officials of Judah, and all the craftsmen and artisans had been deported from Jerusalem. He sent the letter with um, Elsa, son of Shaphan, and Gamara, Gamaria, son of Hilkiah, when they went to Babylon as King Zedekiah's ambassadors to Nebuchadnezzar. This is what Jeremiah's letter said. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all of the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry, have children, find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know I have the plan. I have... For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. 
If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. You claim that the Lord has raised the prophets for you in Babylon, but this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and all those living here in Jerusalem. Your relatives who are not exiled to Babylon. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I will send war, famine, disease upon them and make them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. Yes, I will pursue them with war, famine, disease, and I will scatter them around the world. In every nation where I send them, I will make them an object of damnation, horror, contempt, and mockery. For they refuse to listen to me, though I have spoken to them repeatedly through the prophets I sent. And you who are in exile have not listened either, says the Lord. Therefore, listen to this message from the Lord, all you captives there in Babylon. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says about your prophets, Ahab, son of Kaliah, and Zedekiah, son of Masaiah who are telling you lies in my name. I will turn them over to Nebuchadnezzar for execution before your eyes. Their terrible fate will become pro, um, proverbial so that the Judean exiles will curse someone by saying, may the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned alive. For these men have done terrible things among my people. They have committed adultery with their neighbor's wives and have lied in my name, saying things I did not command. I am a witness to this. I, the Lord, have spoken. A message for Shemaiah. Verse 24. The Lord sent this message to Shemaiah, the Nehelamite in Babylon. I'll explain what that is in a minute. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. You wrote a letter on your own authority to Zephaniah, son of Messiah, the priest. You sent copies to the other priests and people in Jerusalem. You wrote to Zephaniah, the Lord has appointed you to replace Jeho Jehoiada as the priest in charge of the house of the Lord. You are responsible to put into stocks and neck irons any crazy man who claims to be a prophet. So why have you done nothing to stop Jeremiah from Anatoth, who pretends to be a prophet among you? Jeremiah sent a letter here to Babylon predicting that our captivity will be a long one. He said, build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat food they produce. But when Zephaniah the priest received Shemaiah's letter, he took it to Jeremiah and read it to him. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah, send an open letter to all the exiles in Babylon. Tell them, this is what the Lord says concerning Shemaiah the Nehelamite. Since he has prophesied to you when I did not send him, and has tricked you into believing his lies, I will punish him and his family. None of his descendants will see the good things and I will do for my, uh, uh, the good things I will do for my people, for he has incited you to rebel against me. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's the end of Jeremiah 29. All right, keeping faith alive. Nebuchadnezzar took captive the best of the best of the Israelites in his first invade, invasion in 597 BC. God said they were being punished and it would last 70 years. That's a long time. He wants the people to settle comfortably in their new home away from home. He told them to build homes, start businesses, start families, plant gardens, and just live. Nevertheless, even though they could no longer worship him in the temple, Jerusalem, obviously, temple, it was uh, torn down and burned later, they needed to meet regularly. 
That's where the word synagogue comes from. It means meeting. God wanted them to be in that foreign world, but not of the world. They were not supposed to adapt to the pagan worship customs of the Babylonians. Down the line, we'll see how four devout Jewish young men stay faithful and stand their ground in the book of Daniel. So subscribe so you don't miss out. Jesus has a similar message for us today. In the parable of the 10 talents in Luke 19, Jesus tells of a nobleman who trusted three of his servants with some money. In the King James Version, he tells the first servant to occupy till I come. The New King James Version reads, do business till I come. Others read, invest till I come. In other words, keep doing business as usual till I return. That's what Jesus said. As Jesus talked a lot in parables, he's describing himself in his kingdom. He is a nobleman and we are the servants. We are to hold on and live in the world, not of the world. We must live as citizens of heaven. And if you don't know what that means, I have an article in my blog and you can click on, click on over to the blog from the link in the show notes and you can check that article out. But here's another scene. Okay, in Acts 1, okay, right after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he hung around with his disciples and followers for a while. Just before he ascended into heaven, this scene took place. In Acts 1, starting in verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Like that we're asking them, oh, Lord, is it, is it time yet? Can you come and get us already? <laughs> verse 7. He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times as they are not for you to know. In other words, be patient. Oh. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what I'm doing. Yes, I love it. I love it. I've reached close to 200 countries. The word's getting out there. Praise the Lord. Lastly, the final book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, ends with, as is chapter 22, verse 20, he who is a faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. And everyone says, amen, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, we're ready. Seek him wholeheartedly. Verse 11 is a popular verse. Even though it was written for the Jews back then, it applies to us today. First, God has a plan for each and every one of us. It's up to us to second, seek him wholeheartedly and we will find him. He wants to be found. Third, when you pray, he will listen. Pastor Sandy Adams comments, I quote, he's not a God who likes the shadows. He loves to reveal. He enjoys being found. All he asks of us is to seek him with all our heart. A.W. Tozer once wrote, it's not that we don't want God, we do. We just want other things more. This is why just seeking him half-heartedly is not enough. We need to pursue him with effort and passion and heart. And that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. You can click on over on my blog and watch the video on, on his teaching on this chapter. 
knowing your purpose in life is important. For years, I went around trying this and that, looking for love, prosperity, and fame in all the wrong places. What a waste of time. And you can click on over to my blog, and in the bottom, I embedded the links to my story or testimony. Bad figs are punished. In the last part, this the Helamite, which means dreamer, wants to get rid of Jeremiah. He will be punished, as will all false prophets and bad figs. And we talked talked about bad figs in the last few uh, chapters. Bad figs refuse to listen to God. Are you a bad fig? Are you following Jesus wholeheartedly? Do you want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly? Then here's what you have to do. You have to believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. In the bottom of today's blog, I embedded two worship videos. Um, Only Jesus and This Is Not Where I Belong. (laughs) It's a perfect ideal song. And again, my testimony is at the bottom. So you can see the three stages of my life. Oh, soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. Are you a born again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. 
they are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.